Welcome to C3 Belconnen. We hope you enjoy our latest Sunday message. Hey guys, you know, last week we talked about uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit on at the time of Pentecost, and that started off this brand new series called Filled, where we're talking about this big life we're called to live as followers of Jesus, filled with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to take us back to that where we started in Acts 2 uh, last week, where we hear that as the believers were together praying in the upper room, what happened was the Holy Spirit came and we hear that he filled the room where they were. It says there's a sound like a rushing wind. And it didn't just come through the room. It wasn't just audible. It filled the room. goes on to say that then what looked like tongues of fire came and rested upon each person. And we love that idea that the filling and the coming of the Holy Spirit is actually both collective and individual. On that day, the church was born and believers were empowered for this incredible life of following Jesus Christ. And, you know, uh, Jesus had given the disciples plenty of experience. He had uh, taught them a whole lot. There was still a lot they didn't understand, but they could have, you know, probably got through a good year or two of sermons or had plenty of content to, to, to discuss in small groups for a while. But Jesus said, no, 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 I want you to wait. I want you to hold on because what matters is not just the information, but the impact. He said, I want you to wait until you are filled with power from on high. And I want to continue uh, this train of thought this week around the idea of being filled, but actually being filled not just for our benefit, but also for each other. And uh, there was this powerful collective impartation to a bunch of individuals in that moment. And if you want another uh, picture of what that can be like, maybe let me take you back to one of my favorite illustrations. If you've been around our church for uh, much time at all, you might have heard me talk about this. Who loves a good old school band, right? Uh, I've, I've said many times that there's nothing uh, harder to listen to than a bunch of out-of-tune, out-of-time uh, woodwind instruments in an echoey school gymnasium with a lot of parents smiling and politely clapping because their little genius, uh, you know, has nailed that tuba part or hit the triangle at the right time. And, you know, it's a, it's a funny uh, experience if you've ever been a part of that. Um, you know, but, but even a well-played instrument, on its own sometimes is lacking something. The, the real goal is, is an instrument well played, linked up and in time and in concert and in tune with other instruments. And then we get the fullness of this picture. And that's one way of thinking about and understanding what you and I are called to be. We are not just called to ourselves. We're not just called to fade into the background, but actually each of us has a unique role and part to play in the body of Christ. We learn right throughout the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 4 says that really well. It talks about how united we are in God, but also that each of us has a unique part to play. And it's something that matters so much to us as a church, that everybody finds and discovers their part to play and grows and is fulfilled in that. So come with me on a bit of a journey today as we unpack this a little bit further. We're going to have a little look in Galatians uh, chapter 5, as well as uh, some other passages here. And I love this wisdom of God that He didn't just create a few superstars but actually brought all of us into the game, every single one of us with a part to play. And Galatians chapter 5, and, and so much of Galatians is about this spirit-inspired way of living. Um, 
And uh, it says in, in chapter 5, actually it's Ephesians chapter 5, Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Ephesians, chapter, Ephesians is about life in the Spirit as well. Ephesians 5 actually says this from verse 15, Be careful how you live. This is the Spirit-inspired way of living. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, right? but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Here's, a, here's an interesting line, and this is what I want to camp out on for a few moments. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. We'll come back to uh, the next couple of verses in a moment, but what a fascinating image there, contrasting life filled with the Holy Spirit with this idea of drunkenness that it says will ruin your life. You know, when uh, different translations uh, use that same sort of language, they talk about debauchery or reckless living or, or a way that ruins your life. But there's a really great word that the New King James Version uses. And that word is dissipate. It actually says that don't be drunk with wine. This will dissipate your life. And now that's not something that you might say every day. It's probably not common language but this idea of don't be drunk with wine because it will dissipate your life instead be filled with the holy spirit and i guess i wanted to just pick up on that thought for a moment and run with it and just have a look at what it means to dissipate to dissipate actually means that something is diluted or it dissolves or or it sort of thins out a smoke is something that dissipates or steam it starts concentrated and then when exposed to an environment it sort of spreads out to the point where you actually can't see it or identify it at all anymore it dissipates into the atmosphere now let's have a think about what that verse is actually saying it says that there's a way of living that actually dissipates your life. There is a way of living that's chasing down things that are temporary. There is a way of living that's about maybe satisfying just your own desires, that although at first it might feel like it is actually enlarging your life, it's enhancing your life, maybe sometimes it feels like you're really living in those moments, but what it's actually doing is just dulling down your life. It's diluting, it is dissipating your life. It is pulling out of you all that is unique, And God breathed, and instead it's reducing you to the lowest common denominator. And so we're told instead of dissipating and living in a way that that dissolves our life, we're actually told to live live filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when, when these kind of thoughts are put together, they're designed to sort of compare and contrast. So what the author is telling us there, that there is a way to live empowered and filled by the Holy Spirit that is about being fully alive. It is uh, about life in full color. I'm jokingly uh, going to say that it's not about a beige kind of life. I fully aware that I'm wearing beige right now, but a full color sort of life. You see, too many people get this idea that a a life of following Jesus is kind of about fading into the background, whereas the kingdom of heaven is actually in full color. The Holy Spirit is almost like the anti-beige force in the kingdom of heaven, that you and I are not designed and then called to follow Jesus so that what is unique about us and the way God has shaped us melts into the background and we become nameless faceless parts of of just this kind of bigger picture, we absolutely are a part of a bigger picture. We absolutely become a part of community. We are invited into the family. But you see, I don't just have three children. I have three totally unique human beings in my house. We're learning that more and more as we spend more 
more and more time together. There was a time, I guess, when they were smaller, when uh, maybe we talked about them in the collective and the children or the kids, or when we just had two boys who were a couple of years apart, it was the boys, right? And you could almost treat them as a collective sometimes, but boys, they grow the differences in their personalities expand more and more. And really, we're understanding that our call as parents, number one, is to release all that God has put in them, to enhance and to not conform them to one particular pattern or style, but to unlock all that is in them. And that's what God wants to do to you and I through the power of the Holy Spirit as well. This is an anti-beige call, this life of following Jesus Christ. It's a full color sort of life and it is lived out, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Right throughout the Bible, you'll read as people are empowered by the Holy Spirit, what comes out is what God has uniquely shaped and created them to be. It's a coming together of the plan. It's God really unlocking purpose in all its fullness in them. I love this idea that the Holy Spirit is at work in you for the glory of God and for the benefit of others. The Holy Spirit is at work in you for the glory of God and for the benefit of others. This individual empowerment actually has a collective outworking. Just like recently we've been talking about this idea that we are shaped and unique in our identity and yet we are also called to be a part of something that is greater. We are called to be a part of what God is doing right throughout history, right across the globe, no matter whether we feel like we are right up alongside each other or we feel in times like this that we're a bit separated. There is a collective identity that we share as followers of Jesus Christ and the call to Christ is a call into community. You know, in John chapter 14, Jesus had a deep and meaningful conversation with the disciples about his going. And he sat them down and he explained, and they didn't understand though, he explained that it would actually be better for them if he went. He said, I'm going, but it's going to be okay. I won't leave you as orphans. He went on to say that, that I'm going to send another. I'm going to send the counselor the comfort. I'm going to send one to come alongside you, even when as far as saying the one who was with you, that's him, Jesus Christ, would soon be in them. That was so hard for them to understand, but he made the point over and over again in these final moments with the disciples that it was almost be of benefit. In fact, he even used the words, greater things will you do because I'm going to the Father. Now, it's so important for us to realize that when Jesus said, greater things will you do, he wasn't just talking to you or to you. Normally, I'd be pointing around the room, but we're all looking at the same screen right now or camera. Uh, he said to you and you and you. You know, He said to you collectively. He was speaking to his friends, speaking to his followers, speaking to this group of people, saying, hey, because I'm in you, because the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, together, collectively, and throughout history, the impact is going to be unstoppable. As each and every one of us, as followers of Jesus to this very day, discover what He's put on the inside of us, allow ourselves to be filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit, come fully alive and engage with our communities and with society, there are greater things ahead for each and every one of us. I love that passage in John chapter 14 as it unpacks for us this picture of the Holy Spirit. And so much of the language we read there is, is talking about this one who comes alongside. It's the, the paraclete. That's the, the original language term, which means things like the advocate. It means the comforter. We're told that the Holy Spirit is like a counselor. He is like a guide. He is like one who comes alongside. The Holy Spirit is incredibly personal. 
The Holy Spirit is not distant and removed. The Holy Spirit is not an intangible, impersonal force that, that we kind of, uh, you know, is like a hazy presence in the room. The Holy Spirit is a person with, with emotions and a will and a desire to walk alongside you and I individually. So I want to take that language because I've used that a lot of times. It's definitely the intent of the original language. But I think there's maybe a way that might help us understand it a little bit more that might maybe fit into some of our culture and context a little bit and might help expand your picture and understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And what if I said to you, you can understand the Holy Spirit in some ways and understand, please, that any human analogy of who God is and how He works is inherently flawed, okay? It'll always fall short. So this is not a complete picture. But would it maybe help you to think about the Holy Spirit as a coach? Maybe to think about the Holy Spirit even as a personal trainer. What if you understood and thought, hey, the Holy Spirit is actually out to help me with my spiritual fitness, out to help me uh, grow and go from strength to strength, to understand, to become more more upskilled in terms of my spiritual life. The Holy Spirit brings gifts and unlocks and enables fruit to be produced in your life. That makes me think about the times that I've been coached or even worked with a personal trainer makes me think about what happens when somebody else comes alongside and their goal is to bring out the best in me. Maybe they'll prompt and prod me. Maybe they'll challenge uh, me and draw out the best in me. And I love the idea of a coach as well because it's not just for my benefit, but a coach's goal is to draw out the best in individuals so that when they come together as a collective, the end result is spectacular. The greatest coaches are not just people who can pick the superstars. The greatest coaches are not just the ones who can create the fittest teams. The greatest coaches are the ones who can help everybody compete, perform, grow to whatever language you want to use. Everyone rise to their full potential. And that's one of the best pictures I find for myself about understanding the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, to reveal Jesus to us, to help us understand what it looks like to grow more and more in His image and to become more and more like our Savior, to live a life that brings Him glory and that is a blessing to others as well. You and I have been empowered by the Holy Spirit and given gifts and abilities that are to be used not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of others. Every single one of us has a part to play. We have been given these unique gifts for the full benefit of the collective, of the community. We're called to work together. There's so many things that I cannot do. This whole thing works best when I do what only I can do. And when other people do, they can do great. And I'm loving the stories we're hearing and seeing uh, on Instagram and in our services, uh, glimpses into what this looks like. People serving in sometimes in brand new ways at the moment. And it's one of the challenges of this season is so many of the normal opportunities that we've had to serve and to, to um, work alongside each other are looking different right now. Normally, we'd be gathering in a room where we can see and touch each other. And, and the joy for us of that experience so much is, is not coming to do what we do, but to watch everybody do what they do. To see the smiles on the team's faces as they're welcoming people at the doors, as they're making coffees. To see the, the band gel for that incredible moment of worship, leading us powerfully into the presence of the Holy Spirit. To see the kids running off to kids' church and enjoying their time together. And hey, I'm deliberately making making you kind of long for something that I know you can't fully experience right now, but I don't want us to lose sight of that. 
One of the struggles of this time is that we could lose sight of what it means to serve one another, to, to get alongside and to use the gifts that God has put on the inside of, of us for the blessing of others. And let me remind you what that looks like in Romans chapter 12. Verse 4 picks it up and says, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. That's a pretty big thought there. We're many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others and serve them well, if you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, then be encouraging. If giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. It finishes up saying, don't just pretend to love others. Really Love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Serving one another is loving one another. Love is an active concept. Love is lived out. And here's the challenge right now. We're not necessarily in the normal environment that, that we might be used to when we talk about this sort of thing. We're talking about activating those spiritual gifts, whether you have you know, explored that fully or maybe that's a new concept to you. And if it is, please let us know. Fill in one of those connection cards. Tell us somehow. Reach out to a connect group leader. Let us know that you'd love to explore that more. Or even better, join us for our All In this coming Tuesday night. It's going to be an incredible opportunity to learn and to grow together, uh, to talk about what it looks like for us all to play our part and to be really excited about who we are collectively. But I want to encourage you, whether this is something you're familiar with or maybe a journey that you're going to start, dig deep in this. Get aboard, on board with that idea of the Holy Spirit as a coach or a personal trainer, one who wants to bring out the best in you. I want to say again uh, to us church that we are called and designed to be serving alongside one another. We are called and designed to be filled to overflowing for the benefit of others and for the glory of God. The empowering and the infilling of the Holy Spirit is to activate and to stir up and to bring to full usage everything that God has shaped me uniquely for, the experiences that I have, the gifts and the abilities the Holy Spirit has put in me and has put in you, brought to the forefront, active in service for the glory of God. That is the fullness of life following Jesus, all of us playing our part. And the Bible tells us then in Ephesians chapter 4 that as we do that, the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now, I don't just want to frustrate you and kind of build up this concept and then leave you with nothing to do about it because I want to remind you that this is not limited just to the physical experience of church that we are maybe so longing for right now where we get this chance to come together and to serve one another. Maybe it's a great reminder or even a refresher or maybe for the first time you're thinking about that's one of the most powerful things that happens when we gather together. We get to live out this mindset and this attitude of servanthood. 
But you know what? It's far not limited to the four walls of church or to that couple of hours on a, on a Sunday morning when we get together, or even to maybe the band rehearsal or the kids' church training or the barista training or wherever else it is that you've been doing alongside others, maybe over months or years, or maybe you're just stepping into church life and you were excited about being a part of that. I want to tell you that the mindset of a servant and this understanding of being filled to the, for the benefit of others to serve others by the power of the Holy Spirit is about being active daily in this function. What does it look like right now for you to be serving your family in love? What does it look like right now for you to be thinking about how to use your gifts and abilities to bless your neighbors. If you've got the gift of hospitality, then find a way to bless and to serve others. Have you got the gift of prophecy or encouragement? Have you got the gift of showing kindness? Have you got an ability? What would it look like if you put on a God mindset? Maybe if you took some time and said, Holy Spirit, grow me in this. Show me what it could look like to live this out this week. Imagine what it would look like if we all came out of this fighting fit and ready for action. Imagine what it would look like if we came out of this season ready for more, spiritually fit because we've spent time with the, the coach, with the personal trainer. We've allowed the Holy Spirit to fill and transform us and lead us more and more into a full relationship with Jesus revealed in our lives, growing in Him, growing together as well, even though we are apart. I love the way that uh, 1 Corinthians 12 says it as well in verse 7. It says, A gift is given to each as a means for helping each other. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Thanks for listening to our latest Sunday message. If you would like to find out more about our church, visit www.c3belconnen.org.au.